This is The Space Shot, episode 26 for June 9th, 2017. The Not-So-Final Frontier. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Molnix. Yesterday we took flight with the X-15. Today I've got some more history related to that program. And there's also a little bit of astronomy and pop culture history at the end of the episode, so be sure to stay tuned until then. The X-15 program was an evolution of the earlier X-1, 2, and 3 missions that were used to develop technologies that would allow American military aircraft to fly faster than the speed of sound. Before NASA, there was the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, or the NACA, and they helped develop supersonic technologies for use by the United States military. NASA, or the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, as the first part of the name implies, is still concerned with aeronautical developments. At the time of the first X-15 flight, NASA was almost one year old. The successes of Project Mercury and Gemini were still years away. At the time, the X-15 was at the cutting edge of aeronautical research, and that's what attracted people like Neil Armstrong to work for the NACA. In an interview, Armstrong recalled what brought him to NACA and how he was, quote, most interested in the research airplane series. If you remember, that was a series of airplanes built right after the war to investigate new configurations, new high-performance configurations. Of course, the X-1 was designed to try to break the sound barrier, and there was the X-2 for more performance. The X-5 was the variable sweep wing, and so on. They were all designed to look at the problems of flight, and no production uses whatsoever. They were never intended to have any operational uses at all, and I was intrigued by that both from a pilot and then also from an engineering standpoint while I was finishing school. Unfortunately for hypersonic flight research, the end of the X-15 program marked the end of hypersonic vehicles until the X-43 and X-51 in the early 2000s. The X-43 was unmanned and attained a top speed of Mach 9.6 after being boosted in flight by a modified orbital ATK Pegasus rocket. For manned hypersonic aircraft, the X-15 still reigns supreme. William J. Pete Knight's 1967 record-breaking flight saw him and his X-15 reach Mach 6.72. On this day in 1812, Johann Gottfried Gall was born. He was the first astronomer to observe Neptune after receiving a letter from, forgive me for the pronunciation here, Urbain Leverrier about the planet's predicted position. Gall considered Leverrier the actual discoverer of Neptune since it was his calculations on the orbit and mass of the planet that allowed him to view it. Finally, on this day in 1989, the worst of the Star Trek original series movies was released. Star Trek V The Final Frontier takes the crew of the Enterprise on a mission across the galaxy with a raving lunatic Vulcan that's searching for God at the center of the Milky Way. While this movie is terrible, the campfire scene between Kirk, Bones, and Spock always makes me laugh. Here's a clip from that. What are you doing? I'm preparing to toast a marshmallow. Oh, I'll be there. A marshmallow. Where'd you learn to do that? Before leaving the ship, I consulted the computer library to familiarize myself with the customs associated with camping out. Well, tell me, Spock. What do we do after we toast the marsha, marshmallow? We consume them. 
I know we consumed them. I mean, after that. Oh. I believe we are required to engage in a ritual known as the sing-along. That's great. I haven't sung around a campfire since I was a boy in Iowa. What are we going to sing? What, Bone, what, what are we going to sing? How about Camp Town Raisin? Pack up your troubles. Are we leaving, Captain? It's a song title, Spock. Moon over Rigel 7. Row, row, row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. I love row. Do, do you know row, 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 row your boat? That song did not come up in my research, Captain. On a funny note, there was a craft branded marshmallow dispenser that mimicked Spock's marshmallow replicator in that campfire scene. I'll link to a picture of the craft marshmallow dispenser in the show notes. Surprisingly, Star Trek V had a great opening weekend in theaters, but once reviews started to come in, it bombed. Tomorrow, we go to Mars with the Spirit Rover. I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to the show. It would mean a lot if you could leave a review on iTunes and Google Play Music. If you know someone that loves space, history, or pop culture, please share the space shot on Facebook, Insta, Twitter, anywhere you connect with your friends and family. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Don't say I didn't warn you. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 lightly down the stream. Merrily, 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 light. Come on, Spock. Why didn't you jump in? I was trying to comprehend the meaning of the words. It's a song, you green-blooded Vulcan. You sing it. The words aren't important. What's important is that you have a good time singing it. Oh, I am sorry, Doctor. We'll be having a good time. God, I liked him better before he died. All right, all right, all right. Let's call it a night. Just let's, 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 let's go to bed and just let's get some sleep.